0: Today on the News and Why It Matters, red flag laws and the New York Times is canceled. Got a lot coming up on the show. It starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. We are joined today uh, by Gear, Aaron Colin of TheBlaze.com and Eric July, uh, famed YouTube host and uh, what you're a gamer and a whole bunch of, he's just a jack of all trades over here. All, yeah. uh, we've got a lot coming up. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Genesis 950. So, um, I know, you know, a lot of us have pets. Our pets are part of our family, and so even when they're doing things like having accidents on, uh, on the carpet uh, and stinking up the house, we still let them live there. Um, so, if you're thinking about maybe replacing your carpets because of these pet stains and odors, you got to try Genesis 950 first. Uh, Genesis 950, it's a cleaner, degree deodorizer it will eradicate pet stains with water Genesis 950 it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors to remove them from carpeting and padding so they're gone. They're gone for good. It does not leave behind harm for ke- harmful chemicals or toxins. It's safe for your pets and for your family. Um, and it's not just for pet stains. It's an antibacterial component. And so it can be used to clean your entire house, bathrooms, kitchens. Uh, you can clean oil and grease stains. You can clean, you do it all. I know, Stu, you were saying that your wife just recently used it, got a stain out.
1: There was, it was a pet incident as well. Uh, I
0: saw about was. that. It, you, well, you guys have a, well, an posts older everything doc. Well,
1: that happens. <laughs> In our entire lives, so of course you heard about it.
0: Yeah, but but you have an older dog, right? So we do. He's Miles. He's
1: like, yeah. He said he has his issues every once in a while. Uh, and uh, you know, she she was uh, she. I didn't have to clean him up. Uh, she did it. She's way too uh, way too um, detailed uh, to be able to let me do it, uh, which is like the perfect relationship in my mind. So yes, Genesis and nine fifty got out. I know Pat had the same thing. He had a, a kind of a major carpet incident. They could not get it out any other way. They actually had carpet cleaners come out and wow. try to clean it and did not work. And then they used Genesis and it worked.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So before you go spending all that money on a carpet cleaning service or getting new carpet, you got you to get Genesis 950. It's available on Amazon, but if you order a gallon direct at Genesis.com with promo code BLAZE, you will receive a discount and a free spray bottle. Those come in really handy uh, around the house. That's Genesis950.com uh, with promo code BLAZE. All right, uh, Gentlemen. I know we are having some, well, not us, but uh, there's some knee-jerk reactions going on. Um, within our uh, our uh, leadership and uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay this is you're being very delicate here. I am I'm like I I like I'm not sure where everyone falls, and I don't want to offend anyone, but mm-hmm. uh, there are some new red flag laws that are that are being proposed
1: yeah, it's an interesting thing I you know Trump is saying he they''re they're, they're giving a little uh, trial balloon of executive action on guns, mm. which I'm That's pretty sure you can't do. <laughs> I feel like really Still confident Harris, yeah, I know mm. I know. There's this thing about not infringing on your rights. Uh, it's pretty clear, that Second Amendment. Um, but one of the things they've tried to do, and states have passed these, they're called red flag laws. And it's the type of thing that like, feels really, I think, like the right thing to do. Uh, basically, the idea is, hey, there's a guy down the street. Uh, seems like a crazy person. I keep, you know, he keeps drawing pictures of uh, of schools and how he's going to enter them and start shooting. And he really seems like it's a it's a really serious thing. And I'm really panicked about it. I need to take his guns away. He somehow he's got to not have his guns. And ever, after every one of these incidents, you see people look back at their history and are like, "Wow, that's a red flag." And that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. And that's a red flag. And we should be we should have been able to do something before this occurred. Um, and so I think there's a really uh, well-intentioned and um, understandable uh, idea to try to come up with a way that if you have someone in your family or someone you know that looks like they're going down a really dark road you can go uh, to a, a you know a, a legal authority and say hey can you look into this and if they look into it and they say um, well that, that doesn't look right they'll first of all they'll take the guns make sure they can't go shoot someone at the school and then uh, hold on to them and then until they figure it out and then if they figure it out they can give them back like now,
0: what, I, what kind of proof would you need in order to right to call this is and where say, it gets harder okay
1: because there's no I don't think there is a way to do these things. A constitutionally, but also B, um, with any confidence they will work well. Like I, after these things happen, you of course are going to look back and say, "What could we have done?" But I mean that that's not how our legal system works. You know, we we have a, a great system here in this country where we don't arrest people before they commit crimes. Mm-hmm. We don't take their, uh, their the thing that they have a right to away before they actually do something wrong. Um, and it is a really difficult road to go down. Um, Dana Lash wrote a post, uh, a piece for this uh, about this. Excuse me, for the Federalist. Uh, let me give you a couple sections of it. You know, she's a lot smarter than I am, and she makes better points. But here we go. Uh, the people who report your Twitter account and your Facebook pages because they dislike your opinion want you to trust a government-run system where people can't. Can, can
0: we go back to that?
1: Yeah, I feel like I should read the whole thing. But I mean,
0: if people can. Where people can. <laughs> can we go back to that? I think
1: I nailed that one. And uh, Yeah, sorry. Uh, where people can, without serious penalty of law, report you and have your property confiscated before you're allowed to defend yourself in courts, weeks, even months later. She goes on, There is nuance to be had here, for sure, but realize it is an abrogation of due process to invert the order of innocent until proven guilty to somewhat guilty until proven innocent. The question isn't whether these laws do this. The question is whether you feel comfortable giving up a cornerstone of a republic for a safety dependent on upon a f- enforcement by government that has failed at this before. Mm. And it's like I, you know, as much as you want to say I, we need to do something, it's hard to say that she's not right. Yeah. I mean, she's just right here. I mean, this is the way the system works. And, you know, there are. Um, And she goes through this in the in the piece. I encourage you to read the whole thing at the Federalist. But in in, in this piece, she talks about there are other ways like, you know, to 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 take um, eventually to get guns away from someone who should not have them. But there is a process there and you can't short circuit that process by saying, give me all your guns and then we'll do it. That's just not the way our system works. Eric.
2: Yeah, that is um, that's something that really gets me going. I think we've discussed this sort of before here and where I'm at with all gun laws are infringements as far as I'm concerned, and the red flag law certainly is one. Um, I covered a story actually, I believe, is near Baltimore and Arundel area where they were enforcing one of the new, uh, this is a couple of months back, enforcing one of their new, uh, red flag laws and uh, a guy basically was like come and take it and they end up shooting police end up shooting and killing them mm-hmm. those are instances that i'm not trying to hear about and those things really get my my blood boiling and the fact that we always have to have this conversation after some tragic event and then we have members of you know gop who are supposed to be on that side of liberty and on that side of um, you know gun rights and what have you and they get to compromising i hate when i any time i hear the term bipartisanship when it comes to guns i'm not (laughs) trying to hear that they're on the wrong side of the issue there's nothing to be uh, negotiating or arguing or anything like that but absolutely uh just like i was saying it's it's you're proving people or you're trying to claim that they're actually guilty before they actually uh commit a crime i have no idea why anybody would trust government officials to to do this responsibly um and this is why it's funny to me that i hear this from the same individuals who are going around saying that Oh, there's well, this rise in white supremacy. They're going around being terrorists. They're going around and kill people, and then they want to sort of enforce these sorts of laws. And I don't know um, where that's going, to, how far that's going to extend. We never know. Is it like all right? Somebody expresses some sort of anti-government uh, sentiment, like Dana said, is uh, you know I'm on Twitter, I say something. Is that going to have somebody knocking on my door trying to come get my gun simply because they didn't agree with what I said? I'm not trying to go that route. Um, so that's a very, very dangerous precedent to set. Um, and again. And I think we need to the real conversation, at least in my underp- honest opinion that we should be having is, is the GOP in this regard is actually compromised. If they're willing, I believe we've got uh, Lindsey Graham uh, Kissinger. And all of these guys that are wanting to propose these sorts of laws. I'm starting to believe I've, I've long believed, but I'm hoping that a lot of conservatives who have not budged on this issue are now seeing that maybe they aren't on that side. And they'll have these knee jerk reactions anytime something, some sort of tragic event. And everybody's always saying do something. Mm-hmm. It's not about actually solving the issue or anything like that. It's always do something, even if the laws won't really prevent anything that happened, let's say previously, they'll always say we got to do something. So it's like going through the motions. And even if it intrudes on somebody's private property rights, they are willing to do that just for the sake of uh, signaling on a on television screen. And that, to me, is a problem.
0: Yeah. Um, Aaron, I want to get your opinion on these red flag laws being proposed. But I also want to um, bring into the conversation. You wrote a piece yesterday um, that really struck a nerve with me. Not you, <laughs> but but the, the the content itself that, um, you know, Chicago over the weekend. Had uh, they had to turn patients away, mm-hmm. shooting victims away because there, they had so many that they were dealing with already, they couldn't handle uh, all of the people who were coming in who had been involved in a shooting. Right. It's and interesting. I, yeah. We don't we don't hear about doing something and no, you know, oh. gun laws now, gun control now. When it comes to uh, Chicago, Detroit, Baltimore, Th- this is happening. No one's reporting on it,
3: mm-hmm. and it's. You know, when you hear that number that they say, what, 250-something mass shootings in, in the year, mm. and these shootings in Chicago where five people are getting shot, those are the things that are being counted in that, but they're not mm. treated with the same urgency as something that you can politicize in the way that you can the El Paso situation. And when it comes to these red flag laws, it's the, it's the problem with trying to govern after a tragedy, because the human instinct is to say, this is the time where we have to compromise these values and ideals that our country is founded on that we believe are important because we're so emotional, people are demanding that we do something, we're under all this pressure, and so suddenly you start to compromise and say, well, maybe we need this red flag law where you can make somebody sort of guilty and then they have to prove that they're innocent before they get their property back. And it's easier to compromise these things right in the aftermath of a tragedy Without really grasping the big picture of what's going to happen if you put this in, what is the logical conclusion of this, what are the worst-case scenarios that might come out of this, we're not thinking of those now because we're dealing with the tragedy, we're mourning something, and it's just not a good time to make those kind of decisions.
1: Yeah, We have a, a situation, too, where, first of all, if this were to be applied, it would start being applied, I think— in completely ridiculous ways. I mean, I love Dana's example mm-hmm. of the Twitter and Facebook thing because, you know, that's what Twitter and Facebook are trying to do. Like, you, you can say, yes, they're against conservatives and libertarians, and I think at some level that's that's true, but also it's really hard. Like, there are a bunch of people on the left who are sitting here going, I don't know, I mean, is that over the line? It seems over the line to me, and they're making poor decisions, and that's what governments do, right? Like, oh, yeah. the same thing would happen. Um, you know, but I, I, like, there's this idea where you can kind of step back, I think, and say, you know, Let's say there's this let's say you implemented something like this with an incredibly high hurdle, right? Like where you're to say, all right, this is only someone who's really over the edge you could do something like this with. Um, and let's just say somehow the government was able to enforce it like that. Well, look, the bottom line is we have that already. If someone is suspected of of about they're about to go to their, you know, their ex-wife's home because they're this dangerous or whatever it is like, there's surveillance. They go and they hang out at the house and they watch the house. And, like, the police already act with with these sorts of powers already. The idea that, you know, the only difference here is instead of watching to make sure they don't do the crime, you're taking the guns away so that they... I mean, and then you're probably going to step back and say, well... We're done. Well, this guy can go get guns in a hundred different ways now. Yep. You know, it's not even, I don't even think it's going to actually so- solve the problem in the long run. Yeah, uh,
0: you know, you bring up an interesting point. I had a conversation not too long ago with a police officer here in Texas talking about, you know, mental health and firearms and, you know, what can be done because, yeah. I mean, mental it's its an issue, yeah, right? And, it totally and is. it's, a, it's a hard one. Um, and he made a great point of, you know, They're they're right along with with my statement of like, we've got we've got to figure something out, because he said, you got to see it from our perspective. We go into these people's houses and take their guns and they see our names and can look up our information. And 48 hours later, they're going back and they're coming up to the station and getting their guns back. How do you think we feel? I mean, yeah. that's putting a target on our backs that we're doing that with someone who's suspected of having mental illness and could use yeah, their guns. You, know,
1: you could easily set somebody off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other side of this too is now usually they're anonymous, which creates other problems, right? Like if you just have an enemy who wants to screw right, with you, right. they can say that that you're you're in this situation. But the other side of that too is like you're anonymous, but. Most people know the people in their lives who would suspect them of being insane. Um, So they're going to know probably who reported them. And then when they get their guns back, if they are really on that line, that could set them off. So another one of those things is just it feels good. It feels like the right thing to do. But I think in the end, you're going to come up with way more problems um, uh, than it uh, than it solves. And the other side of this is I don't think you can do it constitutionally anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that, you know, we saw this happen in New Orleans after Katrina where they were taking thousands of people's guns away because, oh, well, was, this is a dangerous situation. Well, then you can't do that, man. We have a freaking constitution. that's very clear. You can't infringe on these rights. And uh, this is – we like – I think a lot of times people, especially, you know, not necessarily blaze viewers or people uh, who might run in these circles – but a lot of people in the regular world who don't pay close attention to the news, the Constitution to them is something that, well, we shouldn't violate that unless we really want to. Or what if we really want to, who, What what? what's a Constitution? Like, if it's something we really want, we should be able to do it. What if it works really well? Well, even if it works really well, you know, there's a process. Amend the Constitution. You want to play you want to have a red flag law? Amend the Constitution. You want to change these things? You can do it. This was there's a process built in for people to be able to change it. But while it says shall not infringe on that document, there's not much you can do here. Yeah.
0: All right, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Accuses the New York Times of aiding in white supremacy. When we come back.
1: Amen. Right, so that's what i been saying. Someone's You're saying it.
0: New York Times. Time. They're so conservative. I know. Oh hard. All the core conservative New York. Times. Terrible. All right, Aaron. Uh, The New York Times is apparently canceled, because that's what the cool kids say, I guess. I don't really know what that means.
3: They reported on Trump's speech about the shootings, where he condemned racism and uh, called for unity. And so they made a headline that said, Trump urges unity and racism.
0: Unity versus racism.
3: Unity versus racism. That's pretty accurate. That's what happened. That's what he said. Yes,
0: that's exactly what he said.
3: Well, once Democrats saw that, they got very upset. And we had several very extreme reactions to that, including our friend Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York, <laughs> who accused the New York Times of aiding white supremacy with their cowardice for this headline saying <laughs> Trump so urges unity versus racism. <laughs> Cory Booker said that literally lives are on the line for the New York Times not doing better. And I think Kirsten <laughs> Gillibrand even just said that's not what happened when, again, that's What's, what happened. But that's, that's the reaction.
0: literally, what, literally happened, what happened a video to prove it.
3: And so, after all that, um, they changed the headline in the second run of the paper. They changed it to "Assailing Hate, but Not Guns," because their first headline was too factual, too unbiased, mm. and didn't include a gun control perspective in there. Mm-hmm. So they changed that to fit, you know, fit their perspective. It's, it's crazy to think about because I think about being in journalism school, and you know, you're taught how to write headlines in an unbiased way, and to not even if your viewers or your readers want something, you don't just bow to them. I never would have thought back then you know 10 12 years ago that the new york times would be changing a perfectly normal headline to say something that's so politically biased just because some people tweeted about it you know it's it really just shows how far you know legacy media has fallen in terms of the standards of you know unbiased coverage when it comes to stuff like this
0: truly uh Stu, they said a lot of the reporters that i was seeing online said that this was a terrible headline because it didn't include context well, it's a headline. And, hi- and history. That's what the story is for. Yeah. Yes, oh. and, and well, well, <laughs> That's usually... you, this story <laughs> yeah. doesn't have anything to do with Trump's previous past history of being a white supremacist <laughs> and a racist. Right. You don't get that in those
1: five story. words. of the... Yeah. It's so <laughs> weird. I mean, because really, uh, you know, look, you couldn't say that you don't think Trump meant the things that he said, but he definitely said them. Um, and he said them you know, after about a billion requests from the media and the left that he should come out and denounce, uh, you know, white supremacy and hate. And he did. I mean, I, I don't know. It was such a trap, though. I know, I, yeah. I mean, it, it, and look, I think it, it is. A, is it a good idea? Because, you know, some people who are white supremacists, these, you know, awful people, some of them like Trump. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is it good for them to hear from him? Hey, you're being idiots. Mm-hmm. Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, just like we talked about with um Ilan Omar saying, you know, female genital mutilation. It's good. Like, she shouldn't be asked about it every single time she has an interview. Which, by the way, she's not. Right. I mean, it's Not even close. But she was at a, an event with with other Muslims. She's speaking to Muslims about a Muslim issue, and and her words matter there. I mean, and so it's it's great for her to. She doesn't have to do it, but I think it's a good idea for her to do it. And I think it's he doesn't have to denounce white supremacy, you know. He's he, but I think it's a good thing. It was yeah. the right move in that situation, it's a, it's a right regardless move. of what. it, yeah, it, it was. Slap those morons down. I think it's a good a good thing, um, but. There's no winning with the media on it. No matter how you do it, they're just going to say you didn't do it good enough. You didn't mean it. Why aren't you taking additional steps? Do the policies that we want. Well, he's not in your party. He doesn't agree with you on these topics. So that's why he's not doing the issue, the, the, the solutions that you want through the government. Uh, it's not going to happen. You're not going to get what you want. And this is all a game, right? I mean, they're just going after him. And, and you know, I have, I don't have, a, you know, Donald Trump is never going to be my guy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a huge shock, I don't think, to the audience. But like with stuff like this, they just treat they treat him so insanely unfairly mm. that it makes people who are just you know I'm not neither here nor there with a the guy like if he has a good policy I'm happy if he has a bad policy I'm I'm not but it's like you can't help but think like why are, why are they reaching for this stuff yeah. if they can they not find a real thing to criticize him about because I mean look his speech was. You could say he wouldn't mean it. He, he, he say he didn't mean it. You could say his delivery wasn't so great on prompt or whatever. You can make criticisms of it. But he did say it. He said the right words and he said them at the right time. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I say when I'm, I'm a guy that's very, very critical of Donald
2: Trump. And they almost make me have to defend him. And I despise doing that. Um, but they almost make me have to because they lie. Again, the, the analogy I always use, is like, you know, you're on a fast break and, you know, you can lay the ball up and just take the two points. But it's like pulling up in a transition fadeaway three in the traffic yeah. <laughs> instead of just taking like what what's there. There's, there's plenty of things to criticize Donald right, Trump on right. why just make stuff up. But this is why I say certainly when it comes to a lot of the mainstream l- left they're not going to be satisfied. And this is why I don't think people should be trying to go out the way to satisfy or even mm-hmm. compromise with them mm-hmm. because it's never, ever, ever going to be enough. No matter what you do, they will always say, well, you should have done more. You should have did it earlier um, and, and whatnot. So that's why it, 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 I don't feel like you should have to always – go out of your way to denounce something that you've never endorsed in the first place. So do you
3: think he shouldn't, he should have just, well,
2: I I think he said it, he's already said that before. He's long said that when the uh, Charlottesville thing Mm -hmm. uh, popped off and they still spend his words on, on that. And we have this lie that was going on for like a year at a time, even though he had said something to the, contrary Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. So this is why I'm saying like I don't think that he should feel I understand it every now and then maybe in passing conversation you say look man those guys are idiots you know Mm -hmm. we don't I don't endorse anything that they're they're talking about but to do it when certainly when they're provoking you like do it you gotta do it you gotta do it Mm -hmm. and then you go do it you're playing right into their hands and again Just like what happened with that, you can go say something and they're still going to be like, uh, oh, no, that's not enough. You (laughs) didn't say that, even though you actually did say that. And unfortunately, in this case, they have they do have a lot of this mainstream media um, in terms of whether it be paper or or, or media in general. They have them on their side. And unfortunately, they always fold in that regards as well. So it's no winning. So what's the point? And if to. Constantly try to denounce something that you've never, ever endorsed in the first place.
0: Yeah. And Aaron, um, you know, being a a reporter, I wonder if this gets under your skin as well. But it's not just that they lie. It's that you have people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who are flat out asked to condemn Antifa throwing a firebombing, an ICE facility. No answer. Silence. Omar asked the same thing no answer you've got democrats going out on, on the streets telling people to harass trump supporters and we're going to punch him in the face and joe biden saying i'd beat the hell out of him i mean yeah. the hypocrisy and the double standards here are just infuriating right. to me. And
2: just like we were just talking about shootings right it's funny how people are sitting here waiting for all right well what was the identity what did this person advocate and when it comes to the el paso shooting everybody's mm-hmm. pinning that yeah. on trump but if you, as the people are starting to research with the Dayton, Dayton. guy, mm-hmm. he was a leftist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he liked Elizabeth Warren and all of this stuff. Why isn't while Everybody's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe <laughs> Nobody you, saying you, yeah, nobody's like, why don't you, him won't him you go denounce yeah. them or anything like that? And,
0: well, and they've stopped talking about the shooting entirely. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah, just so, talking about uh, yeah, El Paso. Trying,
2: they're trying to bury it. Now they're like, oh, well, let's talk about El Paso, even though we know this, this went on and it's something to the contrary uh, to what they were initially talking about. But that's where we're at. When now. it comes to the Times, okay.
3: I. I just wish that they would be honest about the reasons for it. They came out and said, well, we changed it because it was flawed. But they didn't say why it was flawed. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. You know, just be honest about what you're doing. You have a perspective.
0: You know? Ugh, so frustrating. All right, back in a minute. This,
1: is this headline from CNN today. Gunman of immigrant Invasion.
0: So is Trump. Coming up in overtime, Mitch McConnell, speaking of all of this, you know, Trump. Inciting violent violence with his dangerous rhetoric. Uh, poor Mitch McConnell. He what broke his shoulder or something. He's hanging out at his house trying to rest. And oh, there are just some protesters taking out his house, saying they want to, you know, stab him in the heart and stuff. No big deal. No big.
1: No big. Takes away the pain from the shoulder. <laughs>
3: wow. <laughs> Last step problem solver.
1: Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com.
0: While we're on a roll talking about uh, Trump being a racist and being a really racial, racy, racist, white supremacist, so white reported nationalist. reported fact in the media,
3: by the way, so. What? It's a verified fact in the media. Yes, I'm
0: thank racist. you. Thank you for pointing that out again. They we do need to be intentions. clear. They yes. know
1: they've read his mind and they know.
0: <laughs> um, Joe Biden, Whitey McWhiterson, Joe Biden, of course, had to weigh <laughs> in on uh, Trump being a racist. Here's what he had to say.
1: This is a president who has said things no other president has said since Andrew Jackson. Nobody said anything like the things he's saying. And the idea that doesn't contribute to or legitimate or make it more rational for people to think that we, in fact, can now speak out. We can speak out and be more straightforward and we can make this an issue. We've been through this before. We went through this before in, in the in, in the 20s with the Ku Klux Klan, 50,000 people walking down Pennsylvania in pointed hats and their robes because they, in fact, decided they didn't want any Catholics coming into the country. We went through it after the Civil War in terms of the Ku Klux Klan and white supremacy. Wow. <laughs> this is about separating people in the good and bad in his mind. So haven't <laughs> a president has not said these things since Andrew Jackson, was that it? Yep. Did he say the word malarkey? Because I believe the word <laughs> malarkey has not been spoken since Andrew Jackson, and that he could no. be right. Joe that. Biden. Oh, Biden said that. That's right. <laughs> um, that's a fascinating one. I mean, I, I, does he? Is he familiar with LBJ, right. for example? <laughs> oh, uh, who is a ab- <laughs> uh, absolutely <laughs> a right. uh, Richard Nixon? Uh, same thing, right? I mean. Uh, there's been a lot of, I mean, gosh, Woodrow freaking Wilson brought back the KKK into the White House and resegregated the, the, the government.
0: So there's, uh, like, uh, (laughs) Japanese internment camps and then there's the word infested.
1: We have a really crappy record on a lot of these things, guys. There's lots of examples. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Joe Biden is famous for this really weird thing where he exaggerates timelines (laughs) My favorite example was when when uh, they did that this like video documentary thing about uh, the Osama bin Laden uh, killing, um, and they said that. Barack, o- he said Barack Obama w- made the most brave decision in 500 years. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness. wait a minute, like, the most brave <laughs> decision in 500 years was sending other people <laughs> to go get the world's most wanted terrorist.
0: And there's a lot that's uh, happened in 500 right? years. 500, it's impressive all the people Like
3: That's the
1: best one right there.
0: Like, He's been alive for all of them. Yeah, so that's
1: so true. Yeah, that was such a weird thing. So he does that a lot, you know, and he did the same thing, you know, it's kind of in the same vein when he did the whole thing with, like, you know, uh, he was talking about some president and you know an old timey president, and he was saying that they were all watching him on TV, and TVs hadn't been invented yet. Like he just—he's really weird. With Things the time are getting lines. blurred for him yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the Ku Klux Klan is, but I think they're probably—well, you need to get up on them because they're coming <laughs> yeah. down on Pennsylvania uh, Avenue. So. It's <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, Aaron. Well,
3: it's funny to see Joe Biden do the race thing. You know, he's kind of in a real glass house on that with some mm-hmm. of the stuff he said. But he's in the Democratic Party, so he's got to keep throwing that race stone at Donald Trump in order to stay in the race. It hasn't worked out very well for him, as Kamala Harris showed him in that first debate. You know, she it, really kind of got after him there. But.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, even though the Democratic Party d- it really doesn't have a great history no, oh, no it that's,
2: that's why it's so weird that he would say something like that, considering the, you know, trail of, of racism that those guys has, even in when some of the things that they advocate now— like gun control, we saw what happened, and uh, those who, what they were advocates of, and uh, you know, with the Black Panther Party and all of that mm-hmm. as well. So um, they don't have a good record on um, combating racism. I'd argue that they've been facilitating it, and they still facilitated in a lot, lot of regards. But like you mentioned with FDR and uh, you know, internment camps. I mean, it's funny when they talk. We talk about the border, and they talk about camps, and it's like they, 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 and they love their FDR. They praise him mm-hmm. like Jesus. Oh, yeah. wow. mm-hmm. in terms of, Uh, him sort of bringing in this welfare statism that we have right now. And the guy literally put Japanese people, not even just Japanese people, you look Japanese, you were 116th (laughs) Japanese. It didn't really matter. You were put in the the camp. Like those are literal literal camps. And for them to use that, sort of uh, rhetoric and have that on on their resume, it's kind of funky. But that's where we're at now. And like you said, he has to sort of keep throwing that, even if it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. And uh, I think he knows that his people are going to eat that up.
3: They rely on people not knowing history well. Oh, they yeah. rely yes. on people just saying, taking them at face value and saying, well, we don't know what happened between Andrew Jackson and now, <laughs> yeah. so we'll just go with it. You
1: know? I mean, but that was so bad. I mean, he actually <laughs> mentions the KKK. Like, Woodrow Wilson's, like, <laughs> most famous thing he did in office was bring yeah. the and KKK back people- like, yeah, like, they like you should know your Democrat history. There's a lot of it. There. Robert Byrd, he was, like, the yes. one the last open yeah. <laughs> You know last I mean? And, yes.
2: all,
1: and, we, and we're even, like, passing, like, the main point here, which is, what has he said right. that was on the level of what Andrew Jackson what was he doing? Now you're asking too many questions. They didn't ask him, right? They, you know, <laughs> no,
2: <they're> journalists, <laughs> they never, get, you know, like ask him the hard questions. They, they're like,
1: can you really explain what you mean yeah. by that? or? Anything? Yeah, like, I mean, like, again, we, t- we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but it's like, if you're in a name his worst thing and through all of this and like, there's been times he's been racially insensitive and he, and he doesn't know these lines he, he's you know again the english language not his friend but at some point he I, I, the worst thing we could come up with was probably the charlottesville thing where yeah. he said both you know the good people on both sides but at the time he specified he wasn't talking about white right. supremacists right. even then even in his worst moment um he said that uh i just like I, this idea that you could just throw this out there and i'm, I'm surprised there's not more dissent. Remember, you got a 25-person field. Is there no Democrat that steps up and says, "Look, we should have a much higher bar for what we're calling racist"? No, because those Democrats get their mics cut during the debates. When yeah, try to... I guess you're it, yeah, probably right. It just get squeezed out.
3: Who,
0: who, who yeah. wants to be the one in the Democrat Party these days who comes out and says, "Well, maybe we should not call Trump a racist"?
1: Yeah, I know. It's all the same. Like, can you not say, "Like, look"? I, I have a real problem trying to read into someone's soul. Is Donald Trump racist? Maybe he is. He does things that I don't like when it comes to race. I'm not going to judge his soul, but let me like at least say what I think the right things to do are. Like that, there's no one making that approach. Now I'll give uh, I'll give your girl a little credit here because we all know Sarah Gonzalez, uh, Marion Williamson's biggest oh, fan here. My girl, um, you know she kind of did that with the thoughts and prayers thing. Every Democrat is the same. It's like, you know what, thoughts and prayers, we don't want your thoughts and prayers. I mean, Kamala got to the point where she says, now no more thoughts and prayers. So we don't want you praying and we don't want you thinking about the, <laughs> th- the event. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> uh, Williams had said, you know what, uh, y- yes, prayers, but also action. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, that like, yeah, I you know, respect th- 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 you respect that. Like, mm-hmm. she's actually thinking about it and making, I a, thought, a, 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 a statement that was very, I thought that was useful and it, and it makes people notice When you step out like that, if you have the balls to step out and do something different than everybody in the field does, you know, it may it may not pay off. But with a field that has 18 people below 2 percent, you'd think one of them would be on TV saying, you know what, he's not a freaking racist. He's wrong on these policies, but he's not a racist, or at least if he is, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not his judge. No one has the balls to do that. It's fascinating. please well, Marianne Williamson is the savior of the party now? I think she is. Uh, yes. I'm so, yes. Sarah's Sarah's what be
0: been over. saying since the beginning. Be <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean you you see like the how the New York Times gets treated, the very yes. conservative New York Times for daring say that Trump wants to unify in st- you know versus racism. Yeah, and like again, not a hot selling let's point. Let's just
1: right now. say you're going down the like the left wing, you know, narrative of this. Let's just say you actually believed. I mean, like James Comey wrote an op ed in The New York Times that said we the president must stand up and denounce racism. The next day that his arch enemy stands up and denounces racism, the New York Times should cover it that way. Right. We asked him to do it. Now he's done it. Instead, they have to flip their headline and everyone freaks out as if it wasn't what they were asking just yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it really is, it, it's insane. And this is why I think you have to, if you're the president of the United States, step back and say, why the hell am I answering to these people? Yeah. Yes. I'm just going to do what I think is right. Yep. You know, do what you think is right. Stop worrying about what these people say. Stop worrying about the fights with them. Stop getting in tweet battles with them. I know it's what he loves. He loves doing it. And, and a lot of times it's really satisfying and fun. But just like, do what you think is
3: the right thing to do. That's what happens when he lets people write his speeches. He says something like, you know, that was a teleprompter speech, and that's why yeah. he said what he said. Probably, probably true. Kind of going off the top of his head. Yeah. No,
1: but um, sometimes when he goes off the top of the head. Yeah, yeah you don't want so that either all the time. <laughs> I, I thought the speech was fine, actually. Yeah. I thought he, I, you know, he did. I was very worried because, I mean, you know, we've talked about that the reporting from the book around the Scalise shooting, where he was trying to get gun control and make Steve Scalise be the face of it because he's got street credibility. You know, the bump stock ban is completely unconstitutional. There's several things that have gone on that I, you know, I'm worried about it. I was worried in that speech to see if he was going to come out and say, you know what we do need to talk about gun control and things like that he didn't hopefully he holds that line they're trying to seemingly you know sort of trial balloon that to the audience and if you listen to the radio show today the audience was not happy with it this is an audience that's very pro-trump and as soon as they said wait a minute you're doing what with guns with executive Mm. orders stay out of my business i hope that holds because that's it's vital Yeah. Uh,
0: All right. So Mitch McConnell, as I uh, mentioned before, he—I guess he fell, poor guy, and broke his shoulder, and um, so he's staying at home, resting, trying to get well. And you know, these these far left activists—they thought that they would come and send their best wishes to uh, Mitch McConnell and just make him feel really good while he is healing. And here's what they had to say outside his house.
3: You want to make it down there a little bit further? I don't want to get a shot, though. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking
2: we good. I wish my would tackle me. I'm worried about it. Right.
3: I am not trying to break my shoulder like Mitch. I want how that whole surgery family... for what was his His tongue or some right. This right. got beat up by his neighbor. Now, I
2: can't I'm see nothing okay,
3: this somebody way. Somebody in with some booty dolls. And what? what I'm hoping. What? Hopefully, some with some booty dolls in these. Yeah,
0: you know somebody is. That's
3: probably <laughs> what it is.
0: Just stab the mo- in the heart,
3: please. What?
0: So, it was hard to hear with all of the cursing because uh, we're dealing with very classy people, but uh, the man said something about I hope that someone made a voodoo doll uh, of yeah. him and she said, I bet somebody did and then, of course, just stab the mf in the heart, please. <laughs> Sound like
3: really reasonable people.
0: Yes, and I, and I do appreciate the triangle or whatever is being played outside just yeah. to cause a nuisance. I would think that the cops could get them on that, right? Like a noise violation? We would...
1: We would Think so, in the middle of the night? I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, it's probably not. If that's all they do, I mean, there's probably worse things. I mean, these poor freaking Kentucky senators—they can't stay, can't stay standing up. Either one, <laughs> both of them are oh, like, yeah, yeah. what yeah. is, what is it with the Kentucky Rand, senator yeah. thing right now? Rands in the, he's in the IR. You know, we've got uh, Mitch in the IR now. I, I, I feel like this is a, uh, this is, this is a problem. We're gonna have like 14 senators left soon. Yeah. They'll just keep falling over. Maybe they should not stay there for a hundred years. Maybe that's, a, that's the answer. Maybe like 26 terms is enough they're <laughs> <Maybe. laughs> falling over and breaking shoulders. Maybe that's time. Maybe you step down.
0: Eric, do you think, um, you know, I certainly don't want them to go far enough that they actually injure uh, someone. But part of me thinks maybe that it, I, I like these protesters coming out and doing these things because I feel like it's just reminding the moderates. Uh, why they cannot let a far-left candidate get elected.
2: Ooh, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. That's a good way of looking at it. I mean, and that's the one thing that I've said out of the whole Donald Trump thing, is that if there's anything that he's highlighted, is how nutty some of these people are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um,
0: Isn't that sad? Because we went into, to, well, I don't know about you, but yeah. we went into 2016 like, oh, oh, oh yeah. we're really nervous because he's. we don't know right, what right. he's going to do. And yeah. now I'm like,
2: yeah no, that, I, mean, else. I, I was you know obviously <laughs> i was kind of on the outside just like golly oh, both of them are crazy yeah. um <laughs> yeah, but exactly. that was one thing that i could i was like all right he he made a lot of people show their true colors yeah politicians and just individuals in general are starting to just act as nutty as they can out of, and they're just being totally irrational making things up overreacting and, and things of that nature so I guess that's one way to look at it, and that you see that it, 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 maybe not even just for the moderates, just maybe even people that are on that side are leftists, but aren't like just completely insane, and they're like, "Are these the people that I'm aligning myself right. with? Like people that are willing to?" To uh, go to these great uh, extremes. So if anything, that's a positive thing that we can see out of that is that he is Trump and just the whole election in general, maybe not just him particularly winning, but just the whole culture change um, in that regards. And as people are looking and seeing how crazy some people um, are just because there's somebody that disagrees with them um, on, on a couple of subject matters.
0: Yeah. Aaron, your thoughts? You know,
3: they feel justified doing stuff like this because you know, the other side will blame something that a Republican says and say that justified this crime or this protest or this shooting. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work the other way when people are going protesting or making threats or things like that. Well, they feel justified because of what they're reading, what they're seeing. So if it works one way, it has to work the other way. But if it doesn't work, then maybe we should stop doing that altogether and stop it. White, white on the other Outside
2: of uh, of like some Democrat. talk about stab him in the heart. Yeah. Um, could you imagine like if that actually happened to my, Oh, look at the, the GOP and Trump is inciting violence and stuff yeah, like they would, that. It would, it would be, be like Trump was actually, actually
1: there himself when yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, they would talk exactly, about it. That's yeah. how
1: serious oh, they would take I it. mean, there was that one, uh, there was some rally where the Trump had where he said, you know, what are we going to do with these illegal immigrants or something like that? He said it. And then someone, like the, one person in the crowd said, shoot them. Now, awful, awful, that's awful right. Right. right? That's right. The reason I know about it is because it was in every news story about the shooting in El Paso. Yeah. They're like, it was so just a random rally in May where one person out of, you know, 20,000, you know, screams something awful. Mm-hmm. Like, that is not a news story. Right. Like, uh, that's nothing. Well, it's like, I mean, it's a, the person should be ashamed of themselves. That's the end of it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Instead, it's Trump-inspiring. And, yeah. yeah,
0: well, because, and, I mean, let's not forget, there are jerk-offs in both parties. Yes. There, like, <laughs> there so are right a lot that. of humans yeah. Yeah. that yes. are just jerks. Yeah. Yes. There are As we just saw from that clip outside Mitch McConnell's home. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we can start now blaming one person in a political party because there are jerks all across the country.
1: Same way we would not blame Jay Inslee for the shootings in El Paso because the guy talked a lot about the environment. Like, that's not what you do. People are responsible for their own freaking actions every time. It's always just the shooter. Like it's that that is how these things are supposed to be. This what this country is based on. Mm-mm. You are responsible for your own actions, not your other family members, not people that you used to know, not your ancient relatives, not nobody. You are responsible for you. No, it's it's the gun. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's the gun. Okay, I'm oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
2: no, because we're not I mean nobody's analyzing it like that and looking at the individual. Um, And because they're trying to place blame, we don't actually get to any solutions. And Mm -hmm. that's what they don't want to hear is that maybe solutions aren't within like sort of legislation or anything like that. Maybe there's some sort of Mm -hmm. causal problem that we have that's causing individuals to go crazy um, enough to want to go kill a lot of people. But we don't even get to analyze that because everybody's so set on, well, let's blame this person or those groups of individuals. And we don't actually (laughs) place any blame on the individual themselves Mm -hmm. like they did that. Like, maybe let's talk about what what they did. You know what I mean? And we don't ever have that conversation.
0: Uh, All right. Yesterday's poll. uh, Let's see. President Trump called for Republicans and Democrats to unite for stronger background checks for gun purchases, suggesting that this legislation could be coupled with his push for immigration reform. Is this the right response? Interesting results. Fifty eight percent of you said yes. Forty two percent of you said no. Stu, I know we kind of play this. Uh, game every once in a while of if you took President Trump out,
1: yes, I and think it wasn't
0: President Trump centric. I think you'd have
1: eighty percent say it's not the right response. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I, think. I mean,
0: imagine if President Obama. we have already
1: seen that, though, yeah. have we not?
2: I mean, any time President Obama muttered yes. the word, yes. oh, yeah. gun sales were just going through the roof, and mm-hmm. everybody was like, Ain- "Ain't no way this is happening." But he muttered. I mean, even with the bomb stock ban and stuff like that, we talked about it. Oh, it's like, well, it's Trump. Would you rather have Hillary? And I'm like.
3: That's not that's a legitimate not response. It's him, not man. an yeah.
2: argument, man. Like I would think that he's in there, hold his feet to the fire, and you know, sure. that's I, I'd imagine that's the more principled stance.
1: but and he's shown a great ability uh, to move on these things when the base revolts. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, he That has happened a lot of times. It happened last time there was a big shooting and they started talking about gun control uh,
2: suppressors. Yeah, he was
1: he talked about
2: it and then they didn't really do anything because a lot of people were like, hey, we're we're not. We're not not with (laughs) him. I would think that that's what that's the more so the response.
1: I hope that happens here. I'm I'm nervous because, you know, he does have people like Rubio and Graham who are willing to do these things. There's enough of the Republican Party who is willing to move Mm -hmm. on this a, a little bit. And so he may just embrace it. I mean, you, but, you know, his, he's got a lot of big supporters that are big Second Amendment supporters. And if they don't step up and call him now while he's sort of testing this, testing the waters to see how people are going to react, he probably will go forward with it. And once he says he's going forward with it, he's probably going forward with it. So we need to, like, you know, get let him know. Because I think, you know, a lot of this stuff isn't instinct for Trump. He's not, you know, this is kind of a guy who's set back and, you know, read Austrian economics, you know, his whole life. Like, this is a guy who who who, who governs a little bit by the gut. Um, you know, he has his he has a set of core beliefs, but this is outside of that core. Mm-hmm. So I think he, hearing from his I mean, people who really do support him is, is really important right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, today's poll. What is the most important issue in 2020 immigration, abortion, the economy or health care? I feel like we we talked about this not too long ago. So 2020 immigration, abortion, the economy or health care. Me, right now. Since we've still.
1: done this, uh, we've done a similar poll, I would uh, definitely predict the audience is going to say immigration again because it's at the top of the mindset, yes, right? Yes. I mean, I think I don't think mm-hmm. it makes much sense uh, in that with those four things, mm-hmm. but I think that's probably what they'll say.
3: Okay. I think in terms of what matters and who wins the election, it's the economy. If the economy is going strong when the election comes around, I think Trump's in a good spot. But if it's not, it's going to be, you know, a little bit If it's bit not, dicey.
1: he loses, yeah. period. I mean, like, you know, he, he has to – even with the strong economy, I don't think he is, uh, you know – I mean, look, this is a guy with the, uh, uh, an economy that's been very, very strong. He's at 42 and 43 percent approval rating. That's not a formula for an easy win. Uh, you know, even with a strong economy, he's got a tough road, depending on who the Democrats run, I think. Um, but without it, I think he's in massive trouble. Anybody they run will beat him if this economy collapses around that election. Yeah, yeah
2: It's got to be the economy. I mean, I think this is where a lot of even, you know, libertarians have praised him, if at all, uh, mm-hmm. more so for the slashing of the regulations and uh, and taxation yeah. and stuff like that. So if he can keep that up, he'll maybe win some of those more moderate folks. He won't win me over, but he won
3: some <laughs> moderate folks
2: um, <laughs> over, certainly, if he can some sort of, uh, somehow just sort of maintain at least that. But if, if we're starting to move into the election and then people are uttering that R word, that recession and stuff, and that, and that, because the bubble that does have to pop at yeah. some point in time. And if it pops uh, before the election, then he's going to have some problems.
1: Mm, I would say one thing maybe you should not do is is start to keep escalating a trade war with China. That's a terrible idea. Uh, You know, like you want to see like thousand point drops in the stock market and you want to see people really uncertain. And I mean, I know this is this is a core issue for him. He believes in the tariffs. It's been a thing he's believed since the 80s. He's been in the public eye. But, man, it's like he is playing with fire on this thing. If, if this economy falls apart, he will definitely not be president he's next done. time. He's done. he's done. He's toast. And he and he seems to believe that he's going to be able to overpower China, and, and maybe he will. Uh, I I still don't like the policy either way, but it's... He's playing with fire. As far as his uh, elect, uh, you know, his his reign as president is uh, is definitely in jeopardy if this thing falls apart. Maybe he should read more Austrian economics.
0: Yeah, yes, <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let us know what you guys think. You can go to the Blaze's Twitter. That is at the Blaze. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. We'll thank see you guys too. tomorrow.
1: <laughs> that would be nice. I don't think it's going to. I don't think.